Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week is a special for Trans Day of Visibility, and this one is for every trans or non-binary person who's not out yet, and I'm here to tell you that yes, you are trans enough. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the lemons to my lemonade, Susan Bridges. I am the lemons to your lemonade. You are. That's right. I love it. <laughs> our returning guest is Melissa Hearn. Melissa is a voice actor, a writer, a project manager, and a neurodivergent late in life queer. Welcome back, Melissa. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yay. Okay, so this time I wanted to ask you, do you feel it was more difficult for you to discover that you were gender fluid because so much of society pushes people toward the binary, even just in terms of trans women and trans men? Did that make it harder for you to figure out? Well, um, yes, absolutely. The short answer to that is yes. Um, (laughs) The long answer is that it, it took me acknowledging that I'm bisexual to also mm-hmm. acknowledge that I'm gender fluid. And that was, am I bisexual enough? And so that that yeah. question, I had a lot of internalized homophobia that I had to fight against that, sure. you know, I'm not, I'm clearly not enough because of a variety of, you know, reasons that really had nothing to do with anything other than what society was telling me that I needed to either, you know, do one or the other, or like one or the other, be one or the other. And so yeah. that, that's absolutely true. I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was one, I was enough of anything, you know, to really feel like I needed to come out or that I could come out and yeah. that having the courage to come out was, was about seeing other people doing it and realizing that for me, a lot of people are worried about coming out because what if they change their mind? What if they're wrong? Yeah. What if I'm wrong about who I am? And And I had to kind of come to the acceptance that I'm not wrong about who I am right now and that I may change and that's okay. okay. It's okay. And it doesn't matter whether somebody else from the outside is looking at me and saying, well, you, you were this way and now you're a different way. Well, just make up your mind. No, I don't have to, I get to be who I am and you don't get to tell me who that is. Yeah. And so (laughs) that was, there was a lot of like growth and maturity that had to happen to get me to this place of just being like, it's okay to be whatever. And here I am. That's beautiful. And you know what? That's also interesting that you mentioned that it took figuring out that you were bisexual first, because I, I there's a whole Trans Tuesday on disentangling sexuality from transness. And that was really mm-hmm. tough for me too, that I talked about in there. But just briefly, it was because I was attracted to women. I'm exclusively attracted to women and well, non-binary people. But so when I would see a pretty woman, I would want to be her, but also be like, she's really pretty. And you know, it, mm-hmm. you're like, is it I'm attracted to her and I kind of want to be her, but I'm not attracted to myself. That's weird. And so, yeah, it's, it's a whole, 
it's a whole thing. Go look up that Trans Tuesday if you want more info on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, really, there's a lot of stigma around bisexuality. There is. Like, oh, yeah. And there was way more back when I figured it out for myself. Like, I don't yeah. even like using the word because I feel like people. So I just stick with queer because yeah. I really don't care what parts you have. I'm fine. Yeah. Right. I'm generally attracted more to women. Uh-huh like a lot more yeah but there are some men I like yeah and there are some men where I'm like you're very attractive and I could never be with you sexually <laughs> there's just no way no way okay. but yeah okay. so yeah yeah there is there is a lot of, there was more stigma for sure I um I I think that was part of why you know it's like mm-hmm. you know are you are you bisexual because of the male gaze or are you you know are you yeah. really just doing it for attention or you know that that was a lot and I never wanted to be part of that or be part of, you know, people sort of looking at me in a certain way and thinking that it was all a performance. Yeah. And that, cause that didn't feel good. And even stigma among gay people. Yeah. At the time I would know gay people and they'd be like, oh, bi is just gay in training. Right. There's definitely right. a biphobia issue within the gay community. Yeah. So. Or, or if you date a yeah. woman that you're just going to leave them for a man, you know, that, that, you yeah. know. Right. That it's just promiscuity. Or I've <laughs> also seen people saying that you, you know, if you are in a straight passing relationship, you're not really bi. And that is not true at all either. And so. gold star lesbians and shit like that. I mean, yeah. Well. wow (laughs) wow well okay so let me ask you then melissa do you have any advice for people out there who listening who might think that they're gender fluid but aren't sure and because it's society makes it so difficult is there anything that you think could help people figure it out better or anything that helped you be able to figure it out you know, I honestly, I just, I started to talk to people that I knew who were non-binary, people who were trans and sort of listen to their experience mm-hmm. and see how it aligned. But, you know, they may not always align, right? You know, again, it's each person has their own experience of, of whether it's transness or non-binary or gender fluid, it's going to be a different experience for all of us. And yeah. it doesn't have to follow a particular path. And I think that that is the most important part is that you don't, it doesn't have to look like it looks like for someone else that you know, that you can take the parts that that do apply and feel right to you and yeah. decide if that's how, you know, you want to present. But I think just being able to get away from the idea that, you know, that you have to be absolutely certain and absolutely right about, you know, how you present yourself or how you see yourself or how you let this, the world see you, it's allowing yourself to how do I put this? It's it's allowing yourself to be okay with being wrong and yeah. in not caring whether other people think you're wrong for who you are. Yeah. And that's, I think that was the big part for me is that I, you know, I spent a lot of my life, I think I said this earlier that I was masking, you know, yeah. presenting more feminine. I was presenting more straight that I would just, I called myself heteroflexible for a long time, which is, is so silly, but it's, you know, not true. You know, I, I'm I'm a lot more bisexual than I thought, you know, I'm a lot more attracted to women than I really ever gave myself credit for. And I look back at all of the places in my life where, you know, I I just really like the faces of women. So I drew girls faces all the time. And I really Mm -hmm. liked bend it like Beckham, but I didn't like the boy in the movie was all about the, you know, it was that kind of thing that, that (laughs) the signs were always there. The signs were there that I just, I, I didn't understand my own, you know, attraction style. And I didn't understand my own presentation style. And I just kind of 
had a lot of time to think about it. And I think, think that for people who aren't sure, you know, it's okay to be not sure and still walk out into the world and say, Hey, this is who I am right now. What do you think? You don't, or or don't, I don't care. This is who I am. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that's really good. And I really like too, that you mentioned, you know, just getting to know and learn about a lot of different Mm non-binary and trans people, because even that will help you learn that there's, if you feel like you are like me, a trans woman, there's no one right way to be a trans woman. We're all different. All of us Mm -hmm. do different things or not to transition or in our gender presentation. And so just the more that you're exposed to all the different kinds of people out there, the more you might find what's right for you. So I think that's, that's really beautiful. So thank you for saying that. You're really smart. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So this week's topic is also known as this is not for you or am I trans enough or gatekeeping. And it's not just the gatekeeping that others do that's directed at us, but the kind that we do to ourselves. Trans Day of Visibility is also a little bit of a double-edged sword, which I'll talk about shortly, but let's deal with the gatekeeping first. I've mentioned before how I was fairly sure I was trans for a long time, but I knew I couldn't transition until a certain date So I took my time exploring things and figuring myself out. I just talked about that recently in the Trans Tuesday episode of this show on body hacking. So look that up if you'd like to learn more about it. But despite the fact that I don't consider my transition to have started until 2015, and that was a very loose transition, just socially acceptable kinds. And despite the fact that I didn't start really socially or medically transitioning until 2020, I was no less trans before then. I've been trans my whole life. That's how it works. If you're Mm -hmm. trans, you've always been trans and nothing can change that. Just like if you're cis, cis folks can probably realize there's nothing in the world that would make you suddenly not cis. Right, Susan? Right. I mean, you're exposed (laughs) to trans people all the time. You're not suddenly trans, right? So That I've noticed, no. (laughs) It could make you realize that you are trans, but then you've always been. It doesn't turn you trans. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So being trans is just who you are. I'm supported. You are. (laughs) But for a long time, things like Trans Day of Visibility were really painful for me because here was a thing that was specifically for me, and yet it was not for me because as far as the world knew, I was just a cisgender man. And that was so, so difficult to deal with. I'd see opportunities for trans writers, people who wanted to read us, help us get staffed on TV shows or get our projects in front of people who could make them happen, and there was nothing I could do about it. I had to watch those opportunities dissolve because they were not for me, even though they were for me. And I never really needed that extra pain on top of all the pain that gender dysphoria brought me. And of course, there is a gender dysphoria trans Tuesday if you need a little brush up on that. But it's a special kind of hell, seeing a thing that's meant to help you that you can't get to. I couldn't even celebrate Pride Month because again, as far as the world knew, I was just a straight guy. I could have said I was bi, but that felt like lying because it's ladies for me. Thank you. But you can see the Trans Tuesday, uh, as mentioned earlier, and here again on disentangling sexuality from gender for more on that. Anyway, it got to the point where in the months before I came out, Susan and I were saying that we were uh, LGBTQ plus writing team, which is true if super vague, but it was the best I was comfortable with at the time. I didn't want to lie to people, you know? It felt wrong. It was awkward. It was awkward. It was really (laughs) awkward. After coming out, that got easier, obviously, but then a new problem presented itself. And it's one I've heard echoed by a lot of trans people I've talked to. Am I trans enough? I had this sort of guilt, I guess, at calling myself transgender, even though I clearly am. 
but maybe because trans person A did X thing and I didn't, and trans person B did Y thing, and I don't ever want to do that. So am I even trans enough to call myself transgender? Am I disrespecting and denigrating the people whose dysphoria is worse than mine? I mean, hell, mine never came with the severe depression that so many experienced, despite how awful it was for me. You talked about this a little bit before, Melissa, but did you ever feel like you couldn't call yourself trans or consider yourself part of the trans community? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, really? absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, again, you know, most of my presentation is very femme and yeah. I, I presented as racist because I didn't, I didn't yet have the knowledge of myself and the acceptance of yeah. myself to, to, and I think the comfort with just saying, you know, this is, this is who I am and I, I belong. I just, I didn't want to take up space. I think that was, that was it for me is that, that being someone who can very easily pass for a cis femme, you know, person, I don't, I didn't want to take up space where people who are far more marginalized than I am deserve to be spotlighted or deserve to have support. Yeah. And so I presented myself as an ally primarily because of that. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's a thing too. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of trans people go through is before realizing they're even trans, they're just like, <laughs> I'm just a really good ally. And that's why I know so much about trans stuff. And then it turns out that you are trans and that's why, but yeah. So I think yeah. that's also a really common thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's even worse though, is that I've noticed this kind of attitude from some trans people who are like already out. There are those who will say you're not quote unquote really trans if you don't get bottom surgery or if you're not on hormones or if you don't do X, Y, or Z. And I don't know how much that contributes to the feelings of not being trans enough that I used to have. I never bought into the, that bullshit, but, but who knows about all the little ways these things can affect us that we might not even realize. Right. I'm sure it impacts other people though. I mean, imagine a trans person just beginning to explore what being trans means to them and maybe wanting to transition and seeing those things and feeling they wouldn't be accepted if they didn't conform to some arbitrary standard. It's kind of horrible. I'm a member of a lot of different trans communities online, and a lot of them are wonderful and affirming and supportive, but in some I can see cliques forming, and it saddens me. <laughs> and it's such a complicated thing because trans people have spent our entire lives feeling excluded and left out and like we're not part of things. So once we get to be included, there's this feeling of wanting to keep it closed and keep it safe, which is, of course, super important with the amount of harassment we often face. But think about those who are excluded feel. You're accepted into this community, but then only so far. You don't get to be a part of all of it because someone else hasn't decided you can be yet. And that really sucks, doubly so after feeling like you never belonged or had anyone to talk to about all these feelings that you were going through. And so in trying to figure out your gender and whether you wanted to transition or not, and, and that can play into or exacerbate the feeling of not being trans enough, even if it's unintentional. And that breaks my heart. I don't want anyone to ever have to feel that way. We've all been through enough. But there's another aspect of Trans Day of Visibility you may not have realized, the aforementioned double-edged sword. We need to be seen as who we really are and have our rights and autonomy respected, but being more visible puts us more at risk. Has coming out as gender fluid been more difficult for you, Melissa? Has it changed the way people react to you or treat you because they know that you're not a cis woman? Not so far, but Tilly, this is the first time I've actually talked about it publicly. So thank uh -oh. you for giving me this opportunity. But yeah, I mean, I've spoken to friends and yeah. you know, close family members, but it's not something that I, you know, aside from, you know, updating my pronouns in my work profile, I haven't really had any big conversations about it. Mm-hmm. I think I, I told one coworker and, and, 
you know, she was very happy to hear about it. You know, thank you for sharing, but, but it's not been a huge conversation because again, you know, I think I'm in that sort of beginning stage of like, I still say she, they, it's fine. You can call me she, because I don't care one way or the other, because I will, I swing wildly from one side to the other and it's not a problem, but you know, for me, it was more like my own internal process of coming out of like, you know, is the, is it okay? Like, am I, am I gender fluid enough? You know? And, and I had to just sort of decide that yes, whatever I am is enough and that it's okay. Yeah. I think the place where I found like, am I enough was, I don't know if you want to talk about this here, but you know, the Kingery yeah. playing Allison. So I play a trans character and before you actually transitioned publicly or, or came out publicly, you had started writing this character and, and I was concerned, you know, is, am I, is it okay for me to play this character? I'm not a trans woman. And I want to make sure that we are, you yeah. know, that, that there's enough representation because there are trans actors out there that, that could use this place. And you know, you assured me it's, it's okay. You know, we have, we have trans writers on staff and you're, you're in a good place. And I was like, okay, I have, I'm trusting you with this. And, and then you came out and I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Thank you, Tilly. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then, you know, other people on the staff came out as trans. And I think that it was helpful for me to kind of recognize that I'm not taking up too much space in a place where like, I think there's enough room for everybody. And I think that the more voices we have are amplifying everyone else. And I think that's important. It is. Yeah. And and for the people listening, just in case you are not aware of the scripted podcast company that Susan and I run, our longest running show is The Kinkery, as Melissa mentioned. Uh, it is a sci-fi crime dramedy. It's sort of like mobsters in space. It's It's in its 12th season now. It's been running for a very long time. And due to sci-fi shenanigans, the person who was seemingly a cis man, the character lead of the show, swapped bodies into a body that was assigned female at birth because you could change bodies because it's weird sci-fi stuff and then got trapped there and then discovered that they were actually a trans woman. And this came about in the show because the lead actor wanted to step down and Melissa here was playing the new version of the character. We're like, well, let's just make that permanent. And but at the time I knew I was mostly trans. And so the, the parallels, it was like, nobody else knew other than Susan, but so it was, it was really weird that that happened at the same time. And it was not planned that way, but it did. But anyway, if you want to listen to that show, you can go to pendantaudio.com and check it out. It's a, it's a corker. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a romp. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, coming out, wasn't an issue of safety for me, at least as far as my immediate home life. And California actually respects me for who I am, which is pretty great. But for so many others, it's dangerous. Even if not in their immediate household, all the state trying to legislate us out of existence is terrifying. I mean, it's not risk-free in California. No. But it is much safer than many other parts of the country. And as a reminder, yeah, as a reminder, though, I really hope you don't need to be reminded. There has been more anti-trans legislation introduced in three months in 2023 than there was in all of last year, which held the previous record. It's unprecedented and horrific. The human rights campaign has already tracked 340 anti-trans bills introduced across the U.S. so far this year, and it's only March. 
And every one of them was put up by a ding-dong dummy. Yes, well, bigots. Uh, but can you imagine trying to come out under these conditions? It, it almost seems like Republicans want to make it impossible for that to happen. But newsflash, that doesn't stop people from being trans. You can't force people who make you uncomfortable to change their gender, pops. I've been told by multiple people who are questioning or exploring their identities and genders that my Trans Tuesdays have helped them explore their own gender. And that makes me so happy. And that's one of the things that I really hoped from the start. So this moment here is for all the people who are questioning idly or actively. It's for the ones who aren't sure if they're trans enough or if they can or should come out or if things meant for trans people are also meant for them. Or if they quote unquote qualify because they're non-binary or gender fluid or agender. And please listen and believe me when I say that you are trans if you say you are. Nobody knows you better than you. There is no such thing as enough to being trans. Whether you want every surgery you can get or only some or none, or all the hormone replacement therapy or only some or none, if you can't come out for any reason, you're still trans. Whether you only want to transition socially or can't or don't even want to transition at all, you are still trans if you say you are, and I need you all to believe it down in your hearts. It's for all of us. Thank you once again for being here, Melissa. Thank you for having me. It's fantastic to talk to you both. As my final thought, I want to say, if you want to come out, I believe in you and you can do it when the time is right. And if you can't, that's okay too. If you're just questioning and unsure, that is also okay. You are wonderful and valid and can and should be exactly who you want to be and who you are. Trans Day of Visibility is for you too. It's for all of us, out or not, trans man or trans woman or non-binary or gender fluid or agender or anything else. I see you and you are enough. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm supportive. You are. <laughs>